Hi, I'm Matt, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand, and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Hey, Matt. Hi, Mike. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing superb. Good. I'm trying a new word. Superb? Superb. I don't hear you use that one much. No, I don't think anybody uses that one much. Just terrific. <laughs> what, well, should we, what should we talk about today, bud? Well, um, I'm not really too sure how to go about this one. I, I kind of have this, um, this conviction in my own life and how I, how I walk through uh, things. And I, we, we've, we've said it from the beginning. We want to point to Scripture, to Jesus, um, not to take away from anything that he said, not to uh, contradict or add to or any of those things. But um, my question today, I guess, is how do you find the gray area of life? The gray area of life, as far as it, uh, as far as it, as it concerns what? As how you, how, how do you walk through life with people in the power of your relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and uh, instead of black and white, you can find the gray. That okay. sounds wishy-washy. It's a little scary, doesn't All right. it? Well, why don't you give uh, me and our listeners an example? Okay. Um, so let's let's talk about, let's go to Scripture. Let's go to the Bible. Let's okay, go to the sure. New Testament. Um and, and, you know, it's one of my favorite stories, and I know that there's, there's definitely some controversy sometimes about where it's placed and blah, blah, blah in the Bible. But the story of the adulterous woman, right? Okay. Okay, so uh, John 8, and um, it starts in verse 3. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law... Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? And this they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. So black and white, black and white. The law says, Jesus, this woman should be stoned. We've caught her. She's in the act, red-handed, totally guilty, and she should die. Right, and they, I'm imagining they drug her out there naked. It's possible, yeah. The whole thing is, is black and white is, I don't have to think about this. I know exactly what the consequences are. The law says this. The law says this. We caught her in the act. Here she is naked before you. What do you want us to do? Right. So black and white is, she dies. Yeah gray area, in my opinion, would be this. When Jesus stands up and says, you who have done no sin, cast the first stone. And when they all walk away, Jesus stands up and says to her, where are they, woman? Has no one condemned you? And she says, no one. 
Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on sin no more. See, Jesus had this relationship through the power of the Holy Spirit with the Father that is unparalleled and un, uh, we just we can't imagine the depth of that relationship. And he was able to walk into this situation and find a way to show the love of the Father to this woman. He doesn't say that what you did is not wrong. He doesn't say that, oh, it's just no big deal. He says, I don't condemn you. I love you, and I'm here to save you. Go and sin no more. This is a gray area. Because by law, he, he hasn't atoned for sin yet. Jesus is still alive. He hasn't died and come back to life. And yet, he finds forgiveness in this gray area to bring her into the love of of God. Okay, well, let's put ourselves in the place of the Pharisees or the Sadducees and look from their point of view, because all they've known up to this time is Mosaic, Mosaic Law, Old Testament Covenant, that right. type of thing. Yeah. They think he's crazy. Yeah, and they don't understand the New Testament Covenant of Christ because it's brand new. I mean, Absolutely. This, this just, this just, you know, he just showed up. Yep. So this is a brand new way of thing of doing things and. Right. They don't understand that. And if you notice, he doesn't look at them and say, you guys are idiots. Right. You have no right to do this. He doesn't say any of that. He doesn't yell and scream and, and, and try and excuse her out of it. Right. He doesn't condemn them either. He doesn't condemn her. He doesn't condemn them. He says, if you've never screwed up, yeah. if you've never committed sin, if you've never done wrong, then go ahead and throw a stone. He doesn't say they can't. Right. Necessarily. Right. And, but it's still the new covenant of Christ and they don't understand what he's about to do. They don't understand what he's there to do. How many times in our lives do we not understand the covenant of Christ when we're walking as Christians in this world? Right. And so when the only part about this that I think is misconstrued is he goes and says, go and sin no more. Yeah. Does that mean that she doesn't? Does that mean she's never know. sinned again? We, I, I very highly doubt that she never sinned again. I would think that would be almost that impossible. Would, uh, yes. That would mean she reached perfection. Right. I don't think that's the important part of the story. No, and That's it why we don't hear the rest of her story. I can imagine that her life was different, and maybe not. Yeah, and they're trying to judge her by the old, co uh, old covenant law, Mosaic law, that gets superseded now by the new covenant of Christ. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, it's still a sin, yes. And, it's and still, they are. And it's, those are still sins. But, but they're forgiven by the blood of Jesus. But how many times do we use the new covenant today as a way to judge people for what they've done wrong? Because someone sins in a more obvious way than maybe we do. Right. Or okay. I don't understand where they're at. Or I can't have any empathy for them and see uh, what may have happened in their life. I, I, I will still use the things that Jesus has said as an Old Testament type judgment and say, I'm throwing the stone. Yeah. Because it's black and white instead of gray. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Maybe there's, is there another one, like a modern day version that you could, you know, that you could think about? That well, way? there's, I mean, there's, um, there's one that Jesus said himself. Okay. Okay. So Jesus uh, in Matthew is, um, he's talking to the people and he says in Matthew 10, uh, verse 32, 
So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Now, we use that one a lot, right? Okay, yeah. Jesus says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. Okay. I will say, I don't know you. I think I know where you're going with this. Okay. So now we have this guy, and it was um, kind of Jesus' best friend. Like, okay. He was pretty close. And it depends on which version uh, which which version of the gospel you read, or not version, which book of the v- gospels you read, if it's John or or Matthew or Luke. But, you know, John calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved. Right. Peter was Jesus' best friend. I think there was some rivalry there. Anyways. Uh, it's I, still one of the closest people to, I to digress, Jesus, yeah. for sure. So yeah. anyways, Peter um, is standing around the barrel with all the people while Jesus is being tried. And he denies Jesus three times. Yes, he does. But Jesus said right here in Matthew, uh, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. You know, in in the account of John, I believe, uh, when Peter denies Jesus the third time, Jesus looks right at him. He does. And Peter sees it. Yep. Peter knows that Jesus knows he denied him. Right. He knows he knows. Oh, and Jesus said this, but whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Okay, so black and white. So now we skip ahead. So black and yeah, white. black and white is, Jesus well, Is Jesus going to deny Peter before when we get up to Judgment Day then? Right. Peter's done, right? Right, because he... I mean, that's black right and white. Black and white, he's, he denied him three times, not three just times. once. Three times. Three times Jesus saw it. Right. Yeah. Oh, but we, we skip a, ahead. There's another thing that happens, yes. Yeah, Jesus uh, comes back to life, right? He's raised from the dead, and he's visiting all the people, and the disciples are out fishing because Peter's out fishing. He's doing what he knows how to do, trying to probably cope with his guilt and his despair. Doesn't feel very good about himself, I'm, I'm sure. sure. he doesn't feel very good right. about himself. Uh, so there's probably some pretty high, powerful emotions going on in his in his mind, in his body, in his heart. And Jesus shows up, cooks breakfast on the shore, sitting around the fire, just waiting for the disciples to come. And they see him from the boat. And Peter re- recognizes that it's Jesus. And he jumps out of the boat and he swims to shore. And he goes and he sits with Jesus. And they have breakfast. Right. And yeah. while they're having breakfast, Jesus, you know, he's talking to Peter and, and he doesn't say, oh, you know, you silly ninny, you denied me, you're in trouble. I don't know who you are. Yeah. Get out of here. No, he, he doesn't say that. looks at Peter and I can just hear love and compassion in his voice. Peter, do you love me? Yeah. Yeah, Peter says, yes. Yes, I do. And he asks him again, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. And again, he says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Mm-hmm. What's happening here? Forgiveness. This is a gray. This is where black and white meet. And See, Jesus knows. I don't knows want to call it gray, though. It, I think that I think that's pure light and pure love and pure forgiveness. And it's not a gray. It's not gray. Okay. It's a new way. It's the new covenant. <laughs> it's not gray. It's the new. It's the n- new covenant. Okay, and I can see where we're saying it's gray can be misconstrued as 
wishy-washy, like I said at the beginning, or um, trying to excuse behavior, whatever. I can definitely see where that would go. But I'm just trying to get the picture of um, not living in the black and white of ultimate... Absolutism, yeah. You messed up. Yeah. You messed up. You messed up. Now you're going to get stoned and you die. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're, now we're going to kill you. Right. Now we're going to stone you or judge you out of the church or completely ostracize you in society. Like, or because you denied Christ, you're, you said that I I don't know him. Now he's going to deny you in front of the Father. Now hold on. Mm. If you do that your whole life and say, I I don't want a relationship with Christ. Till and you do that your whole life, then yes, I believe you get denied in front of the Father. Yes, right. absolutely. There is the point of no return. So in that case, there's still the black and white. Yes, right. But I'm I'm looking more of how do we do this as followers of Christ? How do we follow the example of Jesus? Okay, and that's why I asked you to give me a, like a real you know modern day example of some hypothetical. Modern day, not out of the Bible, right? Okay, like, to, like apply it to today. That would, some hypothetical that would that would you think happens or does? Uh, okay, well now you're putting me on the spot. Um, let's let's say we have um, somebody who practices witchcraft. Okay. Okay. We have we have a a witch, as it were, or or I'm not even sure the terminology that's used in this day, and they are actively and vehemently proclaiming against Christ. They they are obviously serving the other side, right? Worshiping demons or whatever they're doing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all of the witchcraft worshiping it, false it doesn't gods. matter. There is it's it's evil. And they're worshiping Satan and they're against Christ and they're and they're proclaiming this and openly saying, This is my lifestyle. Okay. How many times are they just said you're lost and there is no hope for you? Well, and what do you do with that? I I don't know. I everyone is lost, right? Everyone is lost until they find Jesus. No. So I mean, I don't see how they're any different than anybody else. But how 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 just would because you they, that? Just because they be, sin in a more and, whatever quote unquote offensive way. And I'm not saying actually you. Worshiping, Specifically, like not you, Matt. Right, and I understand. But how what you're do saying. we approach that? And how many times would you say that that is just, oh, you're going to hell? Okay, if hypothetically someone said, "Well, you're worshiping the devil," there's really no way back for you, or it looks like it's pretty bleak. Right, you've denied Christ, and you've you've joined the other side. Right, and now you're trying to draw power from the dark, the evil one. Yeah, and let's let's say that. The love of Jesus shows up in there. And I can sit there and 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 there's always extremes to the examples that I give. I don't want people to think that I'm just like, oh, I'm black and white in my explanations as well. Because there's a lot of times where I explain these things and you can go, yeah, but what about this? Or yeah, but yeah, absolutely. There's always extremes and extreme people. And there's those that will scoff and deny no matter what you do in this life. But that is also not... Um, something that we get to say, oh, well, you're just, you know, we're always supposed to make disciples and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I I guess to me, it comes down to this is like, does, does that person who was ever doing the, the black magic, whatever, are they, are they, do they get a shot at redemption? 
Right. Do they want one? But first question, I want to, let's focus on your first question. Okay. Do they get a shot at redemption? Yes. Bam. Okay. There you go. There you go. So starting there, that the other part isn't my choice. Right. What has Jesus told me to do? Go and make disciples of everyone. And preach the gospel to? All corners of the earth. All nations, all, all people, yes, right. all, everyone. Right. So that's what he's called me to Except do. Except for the Wiccans. No. Oh. oh. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. And now, and then, and then there goes with the other, I preach the gospel. Do I just say, you're lost and you're going to hell? Or do I do it like Jesus shows every time he witnesses or speaks in the Bible? It's always with love and compassion and intelligence and a way to interact in real time with these people. Like, yeah, I get where you're at. It sucks. And, and I'm sure that, that this really hurts. I love you. I forgive you. Go and sin no more. Yeah, and I think, you know, it has to be also be like, say, the Wiccan or the, witch, the warlock or the witch or whoever it is. Are they even open to having a dialogue about it? And that's hard to do because it's like if you they see you coming, they might be totally against you. It's like I'm not even going to engage you in right. a conversation, right? And there's so you, I mean, it's, so what do you do then? Right, and and absolutely, they have to. There's at so some, much at some point it's... they have to want to be saved at some part of them inside themselves, right? And that's that's going, I think, beyond that's that's the whole walk of it because. Uh, I may never have the relationship with them because there's something you have to be careful with. You can't just set yourself up for failure by trying to jump into these circles and saying, well, yeah, I'm going to have I'm a gonna relationship. Try to, I'm going to try to you know, crack the toughest nut out there. Right. But you never know when seeds have been planted in the past, seeds and seeds and seeds have been planted, and all of a sudden you're the one that gets to see the, the, the harvest. Right. And you don't see the harvest by lighting it on fire. Yeah, and if God has put them in your path and he wants you to be the one to save or to bring the message to them, and I'm saying save them because God's the only one who saves anyone, the Holy Spirit, then you should embrace that opportunity. Right. And so, again, if you're in a black and white mindset, if you're just if you're just sitting there going, well, you've obviously denied Christ, you are serving Satan, you are lost beyond beyond repair, you're not going to see that I have the opportunity to speak the love of Christ or show the love of Christ because sometimes you don't even get to speak. You have to act. Right. And that would be a special case for sure. Uh, and that would be a very challenging case. Right. And I'm and not, you would, yeah, it would be, I'm not extremely challenging, go out, and, but not impossible because nothing's impossible with God. Right. I can do all things through Christ. That's right. Don't look at me that way. <laughs> <laughs> that was from another episode. <laughs> but he, and I hope I'm conveying my my heart in this, um, finding almost the middle ground. How do I how do I portray the love of Christ and still adhere to the lifestyle of following Christ? in order to win people into the kingdom of God. Right. Well, you certainly don't do it by openly condemning them and their lifestyle and right. 
and especially to their faces like that. And well, it's worse to do it behind their back. Well, that's not good either. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the Pharisees were sitting there condemning her right to her face in front of everyone, right? And, then and the shame, bringing the shame in there. Mm, let me shame you. Let me into shame submission. you. And then Jesus met her right in her shame, right there. Yeah. There we go. And first of all, he he got rid of the guys, but the guys that were shaming her. He yep. said, "Okay." All the perfect guys can stay and stone her. Right. And guess who the only perfect one was that was there that stayed? And Jesus stayed, and then he didn't say, and okay. he didn't. All right, the then world. where's all your accusers? Yep. Okay. Don't do this anymore. This You're, is hurting you. Yeah. This is killing you. You're forgiven. Go and don't do this anymore. You don't have to live like this. Yeah. You don't want to do this. Right. That's how we do it. Right. And and a lot of times, and, and me included, I get... I get so caught up sometimes in, in, well, this is right, and that's wrong, and you can't do this, and I'm right, and I look better than you, and blah, 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 blah. I can get caught up in that so so deeply that I miss sharing Jesus. I think I'm sharing Jesus. I think I'm doing the right thing. I think that I'm portraying the, the truth and, and all of these things, and yet all the other person is seeing is, heaping on of shame and judgment and condemnation. Yeah, and being militant and condemning certainly isn't going to bring them to Christ. Right. I don't believe that. that that's not going to work. What does the Bible say? What brings people to repentance? Well, love. The kindness of God leads to repentance. Love, the love of God, while we were still sinners... He showed his love to us. A lot of times we miss that. I think I think I like to jump the gun and I just want to, you know, I and I think here's the thing. In our instant gratification type society, I want to see results right away. And if somebody isn't going to change into uh, the better version of themselves, or if I'm not going to change into the better version of myself, I think it's failed and it's not worth it and you must just not be... Uh, it's, it's not worth pursuing. Whereas in reality, it takes the time that Jesus showed us it takes in walking through the mess and the muck and the mire and, and getting to the solid ground of who Jesus is. And it, and it gets messy and it takes time. Yeah. And how do you say that you, you felt like compelled to save these people that don't want to be saved? How do you do that? And, I can't save them. Yeah. And how do you, I mean, say that you knew of a place locally that, you know, witches and warlocks got together, Wiccans or whatever. And would you just show up there one time and say, hey, that you know what, have, have you guys ever be, heard about Jesus? Yeah, that would have to be a definite um, call of God. Uh, we'd have to do a podcast about spiritual warfare and the things that could possibly happen in that situation. Right. You might be asking for trouble unless yeah. you know, actually you were called and felt like the Holy Spirit was telling you to do this. Right. And so and so that was an extreme example. Correct. Um, and listener, I'm not calling you, me personally, I'm not calling you to go and start... Uh, Kicking in doors of, of Warlock's houses and saying, yeah. you, be, you, better, you better confess your sins to Jesus. <laughs> but <laughs> and ask he, him in your heart or you're, or you're done. But the, the example is, does God love them? Of course you know? he does. Is, of course is he does. Is there... Is it in just like the question you asked, do they have a shot at redemption? 
Of course they do. And so if I, as the follower of Christ, have it already set in my mind that they're beyond redemption, what am I living in? I'm living in that black and white. Yeah, that's not your call to make. And it's not my call, and I'm supposed to be the love of Christ to anyone that comes across my path because it could be the moment that the seed is planted deep enough in them or hits the right ground that there will be a harvest of redemption someday. It's just our job to share the message, not to make them accept it. Right. Right. Because I can't, can't make them. We can't do that. No. We don't have that power. I can't, I can't half the time make myself accept the things That's that true. are supposed yes, to be accepted. Yes, yes. And the only person I can control is me, and I can't even sometimes control me. So and I and I can't control myself right sometimes. <laughs> so I'm not very good at that. I've got a lot to work to do. So yeah, we've we've definitely got a lifetime of of these things to walk through. But I hope does that explain a little bit of my heart of, of finding the middle ground, finding the way of love, finding the way of grace, and living it out as a follower of Christ. Right, and it's easy to condemn. It's easy to be those Pharisees and Sadducees, yeah. and it's easy to say you guys are so wrong. And you're going to get punished for this. Yeah. It's easy to do that. It's it's not uh, ignoring your, your sin is so obvious. Right. And so despicable to me because it's so different from the way I sin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, oh. Yeah. That, the log in that my you're, eye. You're in big trouble. Yeah. I think Jesus talks about that log in your eye. Yes. Don't try and take the speck out of your brother's eye until you fix the one in your own. Yeah, and is there one? Is there a sin that's more despicable to Jesus than others? Well, uh, the consequences of sin in our lives is more or less depending on what sin it is. But I believe sin to Jesus is despicable all in its in, in itself. Sin is sin. Yeah, I would agree. There's consequences, absolutely, and that can be a whole other episode that we do at some point. Is is the the physical earthly consequences of the sin that we commit? They definitely are more intense and less intense depending on um, what it is. It all leads to death. It does. And it all separates from God. And it's not just death. It's not because death is a lot of people say, well, you just die and then you're done. Yeah. I'm not. It's not that death. It's eternal death. Separation from God. And that Eternally is eternally separated from God. Yes. That, that may be a whole nother episode that we have to do. But um, living out a life that shows the love of Christ, that's that's the hard thing to do because I have to have a relationship with him. I have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. I have to hear his voice daily in the moments when these hard things come into my life. If I'm not, then I just become judgmental. Yeah, and, and that's easy to be the Pharisee and the Sadducee. It's, yes. it's very easy to do that. Well, this is wrong, and so... I'm not spending my time on you. And the Holy Spirit says they're hurting and they need to hear the love of Jesus. We have a natural inclination to be a Pharisee and not, not necessarily a natural inclination to be like Christ. Right. That takes work. work. It takes work to be like Christ. It takes relationship. Right. And it's a daily thing you have to do. Yep. Yeah. Just like I've talked to you every day and and get to know you a little bit better. Yes, sir. Or else we wouldn't be able to do this every every time we do. <laughs> That's right. It would be awkward. Yes, and <laughs> sometimes it's still awkward and when we're actually doing it. Yeah. And then that's okay, too. That's all right. We just have to work through it. We love the weird. 
<laughs> but you have to have that relationship with Jesus in order to walk through this life well. He guides us. He reveals truth. He gives us the ability to show grace. He gives us the words of truth. And the bottom line is no matter what you've done or you think you've done or whatever whatever muck and mire that you're in right now, there's there's hope. There is. If you're, you're alive, there's hope. There's still a, you still get a shot at redemption. Yep, and Jesus is that hope. And I hope you take it. Yep. And I pray that you do. Yes. <sighs> that was fun. Yeah, it was. A little bit different. It was. Listener, we hope that you enjoyed that, and, and maybe it elicited some questions that you may have for us. Uh, we would love to have you email us. Let us know. Get a hold of us. we got Facebook. We've got email. We're out there. Yes, we are. So... That's it for this week. God bless you. God bless. Till next time. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at MikeMattRealThings at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.